This is Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Despite being thousands of kilometres away, the effects of the horrific earthquake that devastated much of southeast Turkey and northeast Syria are still being felt by large sections of Australia's Turkish community. The combined reported death toll from the disaster has risen past 15,000. You get a sense from the images of the destruction that that figure is not at its peak yet. There's a desperate shortage of heavy lifting equipment and time's pretty critical to find any more survivors. Many survivors are texting from the rubble. Here's Amber Chaka, a spokesperson for the International Blue Crescent Relief and Development Foundation, speaking to uh, ABC's RN Breakfast. We are still receiving many messages um, on all channels, social channels, um, WhatsApp groups, phone calls to our community centres. People are still stuck in the rubble or a lot of people who maybe aren't stuck in rubble are stuck outside because there's nowhere to shelter and we are experiencing the biggest winter storm this year. A lot of people, even though they made it out of the rubble, there are heartbreaking stories, devastating stories of people freezing to death because they couldn't uh, find a shelter. Yeah, Turkey President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has admitted there were problems with the government's initial response to the earthquakes that devastated the country's south. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese here in Australia has announced a highly trained Australian rescue team will arrive in Turkey by the end of the week. Rescue experts say the window for survival, given the weather, is quickly closing and because of the extreme weather conditions. Meanwhile, back in Australia, we've had news of the death of a Sydney man, Kan Bahali, who died in the earthquake while holidaying in Turkey. Joining me now, Selma Cesar Demir is the founder of the Turek Cultural Heritage Foundation based in Melbourne. Selma, good evening to you. Welcome to Nightlife. Good evening. Thank you kindly. What a, an absolute tragedy this is. The pictures of it just give you some sense of the devastation, the overwhelming devastation. Uh, heaven knows what it must be like for, for you with people you know there. Look, it's it's terrible. It's just shocking. I'm one of the lucky ones, to be honest with you. My family um, hasn't been affected. However, you know, everybody else's family has. This particular, you know, earthquake has touched all our hearts because it's just, you know, um, what we see is just so heartbreaking. Mm. You've got kids that have been actually um, just before, um, you know, we hooked up about uh, 15 minutes ago, two older ladies um, had come out of the rubble, um, a baby yet again had come out of the rubble. Although it's terrible, there is some good news coming through. Mm. But the devastation is huge and we feel it deeply in our hearts. The Turkic Cultural Heritage Foundation is doing what it can to support people in Australia that have had families and have been impacted by, um, you know, this tragedy. Rescue teams are still searching for survivors and we've got, there's quite a few Australians currently in Turkey as we speak and we are in contact with them. Um, they're also assisting um, in helping rescue teams try and help people come out of those rubble. Yeah, I, rubble. I mean, I, mean I, I imagine thousands of, of Turkish Australians are trying to track down their relatives caught in the earthquake. And tell us about those efforts because whole neighbourhoods, whole cities have been have been destroyed, and heaven knows what what phone lines are like and what communication lines are like. I mean, I imagine terrible. Tell us, 
Tell us about the efforts of, of a Turkish Australians trying to find out just what's happened. Well, look, I've had people contact me that I don't actually know um, personally, um, but I've been blessed that they have been able to contact me and I've been able to get in contact with some of their relatives. Um, the thing is, it's difficult for everybody that's there because they're still coming to terms with what's taken place. It's been a huge shock for a lot of people. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. Drone footages show entire neighbourhoods flattened. It's surreal. Every building is completely destroyed, leaving at least 15 million people displaced. Mm. Um, and the figures are just going to get higher. It's not, you know, it's expected that there'd probably be about at least 50,000 people would have passed away, um, you know, during this earthquake and people are desperate to try and reach somebody, anybody, to try and help them. There's also um, the Turkish government has released what they call Jimat, which is um, the Republic of uh, Turkey Presidential Communication Centre. It's called Earthquake Emergency, Depram Ajil. They've opened up a line to help people track their relatives. What they need to do is provide their phone number and their address. Um, and as soon as they can allocate a team, they go looking for them specifically in that area. Yeah, people, as you say, are still coming out of the rubble. I mean, I, there are plenty of reports of people receiving SMS messages yes. from under the, under the rubble as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, you know, I don't know how to explain that and I'm quite <laughs> – I'm actually thinking how is that possible? It's been like four days. Yeah. Um, and also let's keep in mind how harsh winter is in Turkey. Give, give us a number, how, tell us about that. I mean, what, what are we talking about in terms of daily temperatures? At the moment we're looking at minus six degrees. It's still early winter. Mm. So it's quite harsh, you know, and rescue work is crucial to save lives. If earthquake victims survive this horrific ordeal, unfortunately, they risk freezing to death as well. Mm. Yeah, thought because, the, um, the thought yeah. of being stuck in that rubble and being, sending a text message. and People are desperate. Yeah. You know, there was, um, there was a woman who gave birth and unfortunately she wasn't able to make it, but her baby survived. Mm. Um, yes, her baby survived, but no longer has a mother. You know, it's just it's just heartbreaking. There is no other way to describe it. It is a human tragedy. What's mm. taken place is just phenomenal, you know, and I'm I'm most concerned about also the buildings. They're pancaked, you know, given the population. Mm. And when we look at the geographical location, anything built prior to the year 2000 can be classed as being dangerous. Um, yeah, I mean, there's know, a bit the of, building... I mean, there's concern about that. The buildings in the region were not, you know, Absolutely. to earthquake standards. And, I'm, you know, it's easy to be, <laughs> I know it's easy to be wise after the event here, but many buildings apparently collapsed hours after the earthquake. Just exactly right. So weakened. Yep. I mean, people, I presume, of course, are angry about this, but was there, Look, was there talk about this before the earthquake of how dangerous many of these buildings were? I think what we need to understand is that there was not one but two earthquakes and a number of, you know, um, 
you know, more minute earthquakes, but they, they were still high. So we're looking at 3.4, um, you know, 4.6. It's enough to, you know, um, scare you. But the second earthquake that happened nine hours after actually affected 20 provinces. The first earthquake affected 10 provinces in Turkey. Yes, it was felt and it was quite horrible and horrific. But the second earthquake, although wasn't as high as the first earthquake, the damage was phenomenal. Um, you know, the building codes in Turkey were actually updated in 2018, but the legacy buildings are still quite vulnerable yeah. as it is across the globe. And, you know, we do need to understand that if the earthquake in Turkey happened anywhere else around the world, that substantial damage would occur naturally to older buildings anyway. But to this yeah. extent, yeah. that is, you know, debatable. Mm. See, traditional buildings in Turkey have concrete columns and beams, and they usually use what you'd call a masonry infill block inside the frames, mm. which unfortunately can fall apart very quickly when the shaking begins. The region is one of the most earthquake-prone areas in the world as it lies in an area where, you know, there's three tectonic plates. Now, these plates actually meet. They're gigantic pieces mm. of the Earth's crust and uppermost mantle. It's made up of, you know, oceanic crust and continental crust. And earthquakes actually occur around mid-ocean ridges and the large faults which mark the edges of these plates. You know, it's 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 a perfect recipe for a disaster. I'm speaking with, Yeah, I'm speaking with Selma Cesar Demir, the founder of the Turkey Cultural Heritage Foundation based in Melbourne about the shocking aftermath of this earthquake in Turkey and Syria. What a, I mean there's also been a lot of concern about the rescue effort. I mean there all perhaps there always is uh, because understandably it's never enough um is it? Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what are you making, or what, what what's your community making of the risk of the rescue effort? To be honest with you, we're not um, imposing any judgment at all. We just want to help people, um, and I think that's the general consensus. Yes, people are angry, but you can't move forward with anger. You know, you've got to be proactive. There are things that you've got to do. So we've actually all come together, um, you know, a number of different Turkic or Turkish community groups, and we've been, you know, collecting tents. We've been collecting blankets. You know, we're buying um, all sorts of things to help the earthquake victims. Just today we sent off across 60 pallets to Turkey, um, and there's probably hundreds more pallets to go. Um, you know, we're requesting that people no longer buy any more blankets, tents and so forth. I mean, if they've got them, they're welcome to drop them off, that there will be a second lot of, um, you know, items sent across. What do people need? Because, what do people need most right now? To be honest with you, given the harsh conditions, they probably need thermal blankets, thermal sleeping bags, unfortunately coffins. Um, there isn't enough coffins. For the amount of deaths we're um, expecting, mm. um, even coming to terms with that actually breaks my heart. I find it really difficult to talk about, but I, I, you know, I'm going to continue. Other things they need are pillows. Like people were woken up at about four eighteen in the morning by this earthquake, and you know the deafening sound. They fled their homes in their pajamas. If they were lucky, they managed to get their slippers. Their houses have been completely destroyed, especially after the second earthquake. They've got nothing. So, you know, they have absolutely nothing. So we're, you know, collecting as much as we can. 
And we've also put aside stuff for the homeless in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, quite a few Turkish charity groups look at feeding the homeless on a Monday, oh, no, my, my apologies, on a Tuesday and a Friday. And so there's, you know, there's lots of blankets and tents and all sorts of stuff for them as well. Um, and also to other various charity local groups in Camberfield where they also have, um, you know, a, a high need for, um, you know, household items for people in Melbourne. So, look, the, the community has come together and set an example, an absolutely beautiful example to, I think, everybody because they're not just thinking about the people back at home, they're also thinking about their home in Australia and supporting those in need here. Mm. There were two truckloads of goods sent from Sydney, from the Turks in Sydney, because they knew that this is what we were doing. And they were fabulous enough to have it delivered to us. And, you know, I just got home. Like, I work today and I got home. How are you getting, it to, how are you getting it to Turkey? It's flying. Where It's going okay. by freight. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there was somebody come out from Boston. And, and con- are you confident that it'll get to people? I mean, the, I know there are reports of... Absolutely you know, contested areas and maybe not so much in Turkey, yeah. but particularly in northern Syria, that it's, you know, yeah. it's quite difficult to, to get ac- to get access to some of these areas. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. you can imagine that, that communications and roads, et cetera, are all going to be very difficult. Look, absolutely. In fact, many roads have been closed off in Turkey as well because mm. it's just not dangerous to have cars there. There are images of roads that have actually split, like in the middle. Mm. Um, it's just surreal. It, you know, it's something that you need to see to believe. Mm. Um, all yeah. right. All right. Well, look, um, all the best, Selma, with uh, with what you're doing. It sounds, you, it sounds terrific. And I know people will want to help and we'll give some um, some pointers to how people can do that in a moment. But uh, but Selma, thank you. Thank you for giving us a, a picture of what, what's happening at your end. It's been my pleasure. Thank you kindly. Look, we're going to continue collecting money from people because, you know, even um, though we're sending all sorts of material aid, it's things like, you know, um, bandages, you know, medical equipment, hospitals have crushed, airports have crushed. Mm. So we really need to be... Um, we need to be able to cover all grounds. Yep. So, you know, yeah. Indeed. All right, Selma, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.